uh, somebody died. They ate themselves to death. <laughs> they ate themselves to death. One of the contestants who was eating tacos um, died. Uh, he was eating tacos like never before. And uh, at 79 tacos, he, he died, which is tragic. But that, I feel like, is a emblematic of L.A. It is light and it is deep at the same time. Yes. Okay, it says you're recording. Amazing, dude. Right. Okay, it says you're. Oh, we get. We also have subtitles. <laughs> oh, really? Not on. Not on. Not for me. Okay, I'm gonna turn them off. We don't need them. Oh, okay. Although, if we have such, is isn't it kind of cool if you have subtitles though? It's kind of cool. I'm I'm turning mine on right now. Because my mine says love you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if their audio capturing uh, technology is is uh, is the top of the line. It's it's meta. You know what the craziest part is? No. Uh, I will say a big fuck you to anyone who's ever thought that recording a podcast is impossible or it's hard. Because I'm literally sitting in a hotel in London, and you're in fucking LA, and I'm using my Android phone on airplane mode on Skype. On, on Skype to record this conversation. And we both know the fucking snags we have to go through to make this one conversation happen. Yeah. yeah. And this fucking thing with the technical issues. I think I generally feel the struggle of being an actor right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this happens all the time when you're trying to record a self tape or you're alone and you're trying to record a self tape and you have to read a scene with yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's impossible. Man, yeah. so like it's it's crazy. Like we were in BU together, but we just always bummed across each other. But never really had the chance to sit down and talk. Um, yeah. I always because uh, you know college life was such like that. But I always had an inkling. I always knew that you were someone I wanted to connect with and have uh, and have a conversation with, and really like dig deep in your mind and figure out who the fuck you are. Like, <laughs> and also maybe give people like a taste of uh, like an acting masterclass, if you will. Like it, it doesn't matter if you're not. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're not Robert De Niro. I don't care. I think like Conrad Sundquist almost <laughs> is the closest I have to a legitimate actor. Ever yeah. since I was a kid, like, this has been my like dream to just really get inside someone's head who does this for a living, right? So, man, uh, first of all, I'm super grateful that you're here. Honestly, this shit, I've been waiting this for a, waiting for this for a long ass time. I haven't recorded a single podcast in the last month. I've been obsessed with. Is creating non-stop content uh, for Instagram and everything else. Um, so I, I'm really glad that I could sit down and relax my nose and just have a deep conversation and like a light conversation with you. How the fuck are you, man? How's LA? How's everything? Uh, I'm, I'm good. And deep and light conversations is all what LA is about. Uh, I feel like it, that, that there like embraces the atmosphere. It's both very deep and very light at the same time. I'll give you an example. So the other day, there was a um, taco eating contest in LA and yeah. I heard about it and I was like, wow, this is great. You know, all the, all the families um, joining together in the park. It was one of the parks here in LA. We don't, there's not too many out here. So everybody crowded into the park. It's greenery. They're eating tacos. It's fun. It's light. And then um, it's, it's like consumerism meets everyday penalty. Like, you don't even care. Like, you just say, like, oh, this great, fantastic thing that, by the way, could only happen in L.A. 
only happened in the U.S. was happening, and then someone died. Start recording again. Wow, man! Like, like imagine like, let's say five years ago, if we were having this conversation, uh, we would have so many snags. We would have like, we could barely get like thirty seconds, and then maybe some reporter journalist would make a prime time like episode out of it because that's all the bandwidth you could ever receive. You know, we're in fact twenty nineteen now, man. I think it's it's funny to to watch. I haven't watched the news in maybe the past few months, but I like on TV. But every time I see the news on TV and they have an interview that has occurred through Skype, it always seems shitty. So I think uh, you know they have to update maybe their uh, their software because this this looks good. Dude, news news is fucking gold. Like talking about this, uh, I like what I want to do with this conversation. Also, is is talk. Uh, I guess both ways, acting, creativity, but also a lot of this, right? Like this, two mm-hmm. creatives sharing their ideas over Skype so that this can be downloaded and then mm-hmm. cut up into small pieces so that others can get. Like, isn't this fucking crazy? Like, we can literally um, cut this conversation and put it up for the world to see, yeah. and then people can extract the bits. Um, so, so to start off, what you said is interesting: is that you know um, you haven't watched the news in a couple of months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Let's, but even let's let's go way back because I'm sort of all over the place. I'm just super hyped to make this happen. Um, you did a BFA, right? A Bachelor of Fine Arts in Acting from Boston University. Yes, yes. and we were contemporaries in the university. Um, but let's go even way back than that. There's sure. this thing that I wanted to say to you for the longest time that I'd stopped uh, myself from, but I guess I can't stop it myself from it anymore. Um, it's this sort of idea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers song, um, Californication, where they say that, you know, know. Uh, what is it, the Swedish girls dream of silver screen vacation, something like that. And you, my friend, are from Sweden. So what is, <laughs> I just want to get this off and then we can go on the, on, in the conversation. Oh yeah, I'm all for it. What is you guys' fascination with, with cinema and Hollywood and LA? What the fuck are the Swedes up to? Why do you guys love LA? Like, I just, I just can't understand it. Well, I, that it's a good question. Um, we 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 love the U.S. specifically L.A. and New York. New York is a place where you know people would, would come to visit if they had the the financial means to. They would go to New York, and, and I, I, people would be so enthralled and enthused by the American culture. We consume American culture like crazy in Sweden. Um, it's because it's a very um, kind of a well-off country. Uh, there's good social uh, kind of um, safety net, uh, healthcare, education, right. and so forth. So there's a larger middle class that um, it's expensive because of the wages are high, and so it is expensive. It's an expensive place. But I feel like the tastes and the ability to kind of uh, consume American consumer culture is 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 possible due to the fact that the country is fairly wealthy. Other than yeah. that, there was like in his, historically, Swedes have loved the U.S. too. There was a big migration in I can't forget the nineteen nineteen forties, maybe I, I might be off by a few decades, but where hundreds of thousands of Swedes uh, just left uh, their like farms and everything and just and just relocated to, to the U.S. That's crazy. So I'm assuming that would be a part of the bigger European migration to the U.S. 
yeah. where the Swedes would be one group. That's, I mean, that's so fascinating. Like that's, that's the sort of appeal that I guess the U.S. has for not only you guys. I mean, I love the fact that you said that you consume American content because even Netflix India, right, which, which is supposedly now 50% Indian content, arbitrary number, uh, but, but the large majority of it is also American. And the fact that shows like Friends mm-hmm. and How I Met Your Mother, shows from the 90s, are still something that break the culture even today uh, in 2019 gives an ode to the fact that the U.S. media culture at least provides a, a way of life to people away from, from the U.S. And that sort of makes them want to try to, I guess, find the American dream, whatever the fuck that means today, right? Like, yeah, is, we don't know. I've explored a lot in, 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 in my theater education, the American dream. I also want to say that Sweden... And a lot of these Scandinavian countries, Denmark, Finland, Norway, and Sweden, all um, start teaching kids in school English at a very mm. young age. Um, I see. And so a lot of Scandinavian people uh, speak fairly good English as opposed to uh, French and Italian, like uh, people from, from France and Italy don't usually have as strong uh, uh, English, as right. as Canadians do, which which means that we consume the the American um, media a lot easier because we can watch it and we watch it on TV and we can understand it earlier. Right, and and that's the same case with South Asian audiences as well because that's what I've noticed um, is that we we speak better English than most Chinese people and Japanese people and everyone else in, in the East, and that's primarily because we're also taught English from from way before nursery, like the pre-nursery, like the lowest rung of education, we're taught English since then. Since then. And as a result, that's sort of the problem that I have is like, I love making Hindi content. That's a lot of who I am. At the yeah. same time, it's like I have a family, like a bunch of people I love in Boston and then New York and then LA and then so on and so forth in the English speaking world that, that, that I can relate to in a certain uh, English kind of content. And it, a lot of me is trying to like sort of uh, phase like understand who do I appeal to at what times because it's really confusing it's like if I make Hindi content I'm isolating these set of friends and I know I love them and I, w- I want to show them you know what, what this part of me is and, and it's sort of that dichotomy do you face that struggle like c- considering that you were born in Sweden and, and th- you know there's a part of you that I'm sure has a Swedish identity if at all um, yeah, I mean, I most of my life I've spent in, in Stockholm, uh, Sweden. Uh, I was there for 15 years between the ages of like 5, 6 to 20. So a lot right. of like my, my whole formative life. And it's just recently that I moved to Boston and then now to L.A. But I don't, I don't really. There is a, a, a very clear Swedish culture. And I was just in this summer, I was uh, in a, a short film that was filmed in, in Sweden and in the Swedish archipelago. And it was the first in a long time uh, for me going back and, and acting in Swedish and being a part of a Swedish production. And it, they just finished the first cut. I got it like last week. And I got so excited because I could really tell that there was a different cultural essence in the movie that was so Swedish to me and and did actually make me miss it. But in terms of like an audience, I don't feel like I really have one yet to uh, kind of try to appeal to or in in Swedish or English or anything like that. I feel that. I mean, I guess I guess that makes sense because it's not really like we're both, you know, like I'm some sort of media mogul yet or you're like the next... uh, 
and Brad Pitt and we're like having this fancy conversation that's being covered by like 30 cameramen and like we're all dressed up in makeup but none of that is happening it's just two guys with their laptops and phones uh, trying to make sense of what's happening in the world um having said that though how like at what age because I mean we could go on and discuss your acting journey you know later in the conversation but there is this certain sort of expressive nature that is I think fundamental to what creativity is right like and that expression doesn't matter like if if you're an introvert or extrovert uh, creativity does not discriminate right it it still manifests in some capacity whether that's through writing or or art or even like you know the, the theatric arts that you are in right or like the sort of like uh, sporadic media production that i'm in and, and and so on and so forth there there's so many other things right um when did you start getting the intimations maybe there's like inst- instances in your childhood or like something else that that you figured out that maybe acting or a general sense of being creative was for you yeah i was i think fortunate enough to realize or just have a an impulse really early on i don't know when it started but when i was 6 7 i just wanted to dance and i wanted to perform and it just I was lucky coupled coupled with like the opportunity that my parents provided so I was able to go to like a dance uh school after after school uh like mm-hmm. a little dance studio and right. um, and yeah and it just I don't know I, there was no there was no moment where I just went oh this is what I want to do it's just something that I grew up having uh, wanting to do I remember one thing I used to have um this little CD player and uh, I loved Usher at the time and i'd play i had the album um confessions and Dude, usher has, usher has like three kids right now and he like has one of those uh, soccer mom cars and like he parades his kids around and takes them to school <laughs> see his music back then was very different it was all about I know. Uh, beautiful women and me as like a you know 8 9 year old would uh, have my sister um film me um dancing to uh the, the song it was a, so like just naturally i wanted to just look at uh myself and improve my dancing and i i wanted to like become a better artist or whatever i don't even i just loved dancing and i just wanted to do it and i would love performing so i don't know where it came from it just just uh, i just feel lucky enough that i knew because i know a lot of people i've met um you know kind of don't really haven't really found their thing and they're like uh you know 18 19 20 21 22 right. even over and they're kind of searching for a passion and so i feel very blessed that i kind of naturally grew up into uh my my passion right and it's 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 really again i think it's really lucky that you had it because uh, some people really just know what they want to do with their life straight on from the get go and then there's some people like me who sort of figured out in their 20s which is still early right and then there's some people that you know at 50 they realize you know all my life has been a lie i really want to do this and then they switch over um but what i do find interesting about uh, sort of being an actor right is that is that um <clears throat> one at least from my experience because i i worked in bombay in india which is like bollywood like the hub hub where bollywood is at um it was saturated with actors there were so many actors which i people i literally saw deciding to just come out of their houses and and give auditions right uh it was so saturated it was really hard for me to sort of filter and see who really is an actor like like 
I guess like I've had the hardest time figuring out like what is it that an actor does? Is 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 he or she someone that that expresses emotion? Like help a layman understand what the fuck it is that you do. Well, the to 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 answer your, to to respond to what you said about the saturated market firstly it is it's so saturated and most of the time i don't even know if i'm an actor like i'm like am i an actor or am i just a boy with a dream um who is going to spend a few years doing this until somebody until he realizes he shit um so that's one part of it definitely and especially when you're in like LA it can seem overwhelming or especially when you're following your passion you're surrounded by other people usually who have share the same passion so it can right. seem like everybody Does it get competitive? It gets competitive um at school there was a kind of uh like um a guard because everybody was just there to learn and i think that BU and BU's BFA program uh is just kind of structured in a way and in infused with with like this this need for for collaboration and community which mm. didn't make it at all uh competitive uh only growing and and a helpful environment and um out here in LA yeah everybody's kind of it's a lot more competitive because everybody's fighting for the same job however everybody knows they're fighting for the same job and they're very helpful like people here know that it also is all about connections and who you know and um i found that people are just willing to give you a ride somewhere you know they're willing to to do you a favor because they know how competitive it is and how important it is to to you know be friendly and 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 create that network absolutely there's this instance that i have from la that i can never forget i um had recently undergone like a semi dmt ceremony in riverside and i was heading back to la um to relax for a day in santa monica amongst the gays for head down to um uh, boston to safer pastures so uh I met this guy who was in my Uber and his name was uh Gabriel I believe. Um and I believe there's like three or four puppet-esque shows on TV that have become hits. One of them is The Muppets, one is Sesame Street. Like I I haven't really followed American media but he he apparently had made the original sketch for one of those three or four shows wow. way back, say 10 years ago or something. Um, and he had made a dirty version of it and he had like this private youtube video that he showed to me said that i made this right and then someone stole the idea from him and this guy was 45 and he used to be in a rock band in the 80s he said he got blown by blown by a porn star he used to jack off to again weird la story right yeah, it, and LA. and and then all of a sudden you know he drops me off he's like you know what but i realized this in this town you have to be learn how to be patient so that's what i do i'm patient and i'm still working on this next new thing the guy is 45 and i'm thinking to myself wow that is crazy like i could never sustain for this long you know from the 80s till the age of 45 in la still trying to make it as a creative like fuck that i'm out of here yeah there are a lot of stories like that and they are they they serve as a deterrent for me like i i get scared um because i know people that have been out here for for 7 years and like i'm like wow you know and they're still going yeah. 
and it takes i mean i met with some big big managers i'm not going to mention their names on here but i met mm -hmm. with some big managers recently that that manage some people that are like stars and they were and they were very helpful because they just sat down with me and we talked for 45 minutes about the state of the industry and how i could pitch myself um to agents and so forth mm -hmm. and you know it takes seven years at least you know there, it did that's just, that's the industry standard yeah if you and even it takes seven years if you're good you know and oh if you're shit and just optimistic you're fucked then if you're shit you'll you'll spend 30 years like that guy did <laughs> <laughs> and still not get anywhere but you will have created life on the way and you know that's one thing that i've try to uh, keep in mind the whole time is that mm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to, my life is going by whether I like it or not. And right. whether I become quote unquote successful or quote unquote famous or whatever, like it's going to yeah. move. And even if I am, I've learned from, you know, um, multiple celebrities that, you know, it's, that, that's not what you want to be. You know, that, that's not fulfilling. Star status isn't fulfilling to anybody. Right. It could, it could be a liability very well. You don't know that. Yeah. So you just have to like try to find joy in in every moment and when what may, what what brings you, you know. So so I'm not saying that the people who spent 30 years here still chasing yeah. their dreams. It's probably a pretty fucking awesome life too. You know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's it's like one of those things that I heard uh, Gary Vaynerchuk say, which I know by the way. That that's a guy that you follow as well. Fucking love that guy. Learned everything about content from that guy, every single thing. The degree that I did in advertising in BU was just to get me through the door and make me understand like one step above the average person. But through Gary, we learned it all. So he said that, you know, in 40 years, I'm going to be viral, right? And then people will say, I'm, a, I'm an overnight success. Uh, but they'll not, they'll, not, they'll not fucking think about the 40 years I spent before getting there. They'll say, oh, you know, suddenly he just popped on the map. He's an overnight success. Um, and that's, and that's the sort of thing I, that's the lie of the American dream, the American dream, is. you can come here and it'll happen. You know, the American dream is that you will win the lottery one day. <laughs> What's know? the famous uh, Alicia Keys song? Na, 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 New York. Huh? Uh, I, I don't know. It's like concrete. That's concrete, your dreams. Concrete yeah, jungle yeah, yeah. are made of or something. Like yes. That. Yes, absolutely. And the thing is about, about these big cities, LA and, and New York city. Right. And I've been, I've lived in both of them. I've lived in New York about three, four weeks, not enough to sort of get a taste, but um, in LA definitely for a week. And I can see it even as a tourist. And even then as a temporary local in the place that there is absolutely so much stimulus around you and, and you can sense the hustle. You can smell the hustle. You can really feel everyone maxing it out, no matter how fucked up they are, no matter how many personal issues they have. It's like, you know, you go max throttle here, man. There's no half-assed, half-assed dies and moves to the middle of the USA or back to their home country. Like, yeah. that's the sort of vibe that I get from these two cities. And in these times, man, like, you're a struggling creative, if, I'm, if I dare to say so. Uh, how do you manage to find... What's up? Struggling for sure. <laughs> How do you manage to find time for, let's just say, the Conrad that you really are amid all this hustle bustle and, and competitiveness and just trying to figure it out one by one? Yeah. 
Um, I mean, this uh, is your day off. This is Tuesday, right? What do you do for a living? So yesterday, Monday and Tuesday, usually my days off. Yesterday, right. I spent all day driving from downtown LA to Hollywood to West Hollywood to set to Beverly Hills to Santa Monica and then back to Hollywood again to uh, stop by at different jobs that I had sat and applied to at night so that I could go in and, and just personally like put a face to the name to the application and speak right. to whoever was a manager there or anybody or, or just physical copy of my resume because I, I first of all I've never gotten a job without walking in anywhere at any time is that is that is that credit to credit to be career services or just something you learned yourself because that's something they definitely teach you yeah no something i just i just just something that it had just happened so i guess i learned by just by just living because i, I don't know i also don't like the whole applying thing online if i was an employer like right. reading i'm on my computer all the time anyway yeah. or Phone. I don't want to Absolutely. go. I want to see somebody, and I get a better understanding of who somebody is by having a face-to-face -face interaction with them. So I, I want to offer that to whoever is going to hire me because I think those would increase that would that would increase my chances. But Absolutely. yeah, that's off. Yeah, Try to find a new job that will pay me more money, uh, so I can. So you know. so on on the side, you are an actor. Do you do regular auditions, and then what do you do for your living? Like, are you funding yourself? Is, is that something you saved up? If you if, if if you want to answer that, no, yeah, right now I'm living at home with my dad, my stepmom, and my sister in a two bedroom apartment. Um, I work. Hey, at, same. Yeah, I. But we're, we're also, I'm very privileged. Like, my dad has yeah. a lot of money. He he was able to put me through school. I did get a small scholarship from BU, but like. Yeah. Uh, we're building a house and that's why we're here. Like I am so blessed, so fortunate. Yes. Uh, These are just, you, you, you don't have to do that American privilege thing here though. It's just oh. fine. Like uh, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> that's America, you know, <laughs> because I, right now I work at, um, Terranea hotel and resort. It's a big resort off of yeah. right to where I am and that's why I ch chose to work there. I work at the pools and and there's you know most people that work there are, are, don't come from the privilege that I do. You know. So, I uh, you know, I don't want to uh, nothing's for granted. You know, I was in a, big a few a few like a year and a half ago and I went mm -hmm. to the hospital and everything and after that that's a different story but I changed my perspective on on uh, the, Absolutely, man. Uh, look for the longest time, I was exactly like the way you're describing right now is that I used to feel guilty about the fact that I was born into money. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm saying it live on my podcast. I was I was so guilty about that fact that if something good happened to me, I would tell myself, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I haven't worked for it. This is bullshit, right? Um, and then I would, I'm a pretty massive workaholic. I just love working, right? Um, but then I would force myself to work even harder and and turn away things that are by the way naturally happening to me because of my hard work and because of like you know some amount of my supposedly privilege right being born into my dad's family and whatnot um and then people who are not in my position would call me stupid and they'd say you're a fucking fool uh for not doing that because if i were in your position i would eat that up but i was so busy in pandering um to the less fortunate and and to show people and i guess myself that yeah. you know i could i could make it myself uh, and and you look look look. I'm not taking any of my dad's money, but the point is that that will eventually go to waste. And if you really are competent, if you really have 
like a good head and you're not uh, planning to like, you know, be a fucking spoiled brat. So entitlement was never the case with me, but I just felt so guilty about it. Only recently I've come to accept that, okay, if I have gifts, I'm still going to work twice as hard, but I'm going to use them to get ahead and then help other people. So like, I mean, that's something that I totally agree with you on. That's something that always happens. And I'm like, oh, by the way, you know, I, I just have to say this one thing that uh, uh, I'm really blessed it's true, though. It is absolutely true. I, it's, I'm full of gratitude, but at the same time, this is what it is. Uh, yeah, moving no, on, though. It's basically yeah. the, 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 the kind of uh, the, the atmosphere, the, the social atmosphere that we're in now makes us very, um, you know, we're very, very plugged in to always uh, uh, being our own big brother, you know, <laughs> <laughs> surveilling ourselves all the time. That, that's that's so true and i do want to get to that in, in the acting section but i want to uh, talk to you about you know your schooling um i guess in in bu because what i noticed uh, w- with you guys in the acting program was something i often described to other your, your previous roommate right yeah. and it's that so one thing that separates i guess an acting school or a music school i'd say mostly an active school from let's just say a school of communication or a school of engineering is that you guys, your main point of focus is each other in the sense that you're looking into the eyes of the other person, right? And it's a sensational game in the sense you're using your senses. Um, it's, it, it, there's a lot of touch, uh, gestures, emotions, uh, voice, all of those things, physical presence, you know, the moving. Whereas for the rest of us uh, who, who do a pretty traditional academic uh, degree, it's mostly focusing on a computer, a book, a professor, a massive uh, whiteboard, yeah. or slightly looking at your teammate as you sit across them on, on, at a round table, right? So it's that sort of thing. It, what we do, we can call it collaborative, especially in the College of Communication where it's a bit more media-centric. But really, you're the guys who get down and actually you know, do something with their bodies and your voice. I mean, obviously there's some intellect involved because you have to be uh, intelligent. Um, how is like, h- like, how is that experience for you? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I will always, and I hear this time and time again from people who have studied acting and been, been um, exposed to theater and that world, like I know that you have. Um, just, I will use that in anything that I do and I use it every day of of my life because it it's it's human like theater is the the is is learning to be human or learning to understand people um and it's I mean it's what what I think we need more of and what we need what we what I use and what we use every day um that's that's my relationship to to that I mean and I and I see um, I meet a lot of people who, who haven't had that training and we have a class called voice, voice class, mm. voice and speech. And we have it for four years. Can you imagine focusing on your voice for four years? You know, just the, it just teaches you so much about, it's called freeing <laughs> the natural voice is Kristen Linklater has this whole book on it but it's like that's how you we communicate through sounds and through words and and that's like one of the main ways in in terms that's how you get your job your interview you know your job interview that's how you if you're in customer service or if you're in sales or if you're in any 
industry or trying to buy things as a producer or whatever, or a manager or sell, whatever. Like that's use your voice all the time and being able to like stay grounded, warm up your voice, know where your registers are. I mean, it just makes you so much better at communicating what you're feeling or what you're thinking or what you want or what you need. Yeah, it's, it's the best. I believe that because, um, like as soon as you said it, I became conscious of my voice and I was like, yeah. okay, let's slow down. I think, I think I'm a bit too excited. I, I really am. Um, but it's the sort of thing that I've often come across in, I guess, in the self-help industry where they, where there's, you know, um, I'd say two bit voice coaches who sell the sort of thing that you actually immerse yourself in for four years. They sell it like in a $200 program where they say, three secret tips to enhance your voice. And it's like, you know, those package courses. Um, and I've done uh, something like that, like in a lot of things. I mean, I definitely did a class in BU for speech and communication, which is super helpful. We had this parallel classrooms last semester um, in the CFA. But I, yeah. I think that's so vital. There's a, for the longest time, I mean, I felt that <clears throat> I speak no matter what happens, I still speak from right above the chest and it's only when i do this special routine to sort of ground myself and you know do, do vocal screaming and uh, these low growls that i'm able to speak at a much more baritone for the rest of the day and i'm very analytical so i notice the slight changes i can i can i can cause in people and the way they, they respond to me as a result of that right and what you're saying is that you're essentially immersed in that and how has it been like for you? Like, like you know, say, say the Conrad four years ago before supposedly immersing himself in, in speech and acting and, and the Conrad now, like what changes exactly? Conrad four years ago thought he knew everything about himself and how he related to other people. Because I came into college later than my peers. I, I graduated I right before I turned 20. And so when huh. I arrived at, at, at BU, I was 20 years old and most, most right. people were 18 or 19. Right. And there's a few who are older, especially in theater, you get uh, some people who have taken, you know, a, a year off or a transfer from a different school and that, and then start over again or come back to school. We had, we had somebody who was, you know, 24 or 25, um, which right. might be. But, um, and then I went through this program and I, realized there was a whole different part of me that I had not that I had explored but didn't really acknowledge as full as it was so uh, right yeah yeah thinking about that voice and everything like I mean that's from four years ago and now completely completely different and still the like same that, still the same but but I guess somehow different yeah because you know the other thing that happens in four years is 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 I mean it's I guess it's just the nature of time is that even if you sit inside your bedroom for three three sixty five days you will change as a person uh, there is going to be a slight transformation. I have always felt a deep fascination and jealousy, strangely enough, um, toward people in the CFA. I'll tell you exactly why. Oh, because is... I was only immersed in classes in the CFA every now and then. Uh, and I would see that this is what people did. That, oh, so you're just going to 
re- recite for scenes all day and then you know do acid at night or have this crazy pop party like like is you that that's what you're going to do like that's your life yeah and then and then you next morning you wake up you do it all over again whereas i have to do these assignments and then do this and do that so i mean a lot of me a lot of my my personal interest is tied into the fact that i think that acting can be very therapeutic in in freeing yourself up as a person and i met someone in mumbai who who told me that you know there are certain exercises that she did in in an acting studio that helped her you know bring some of her deepest traumas up to the core is that something that you guys have experienced or does that happen often in acting almost almost as fast as i could say be you i had a for my trauma there as soon as i stepped through the door that was what was asked of me um and uh, yeah i mean i was more of a, a typical guy before i came to be you like i didn't cry right i, I grew up, i just didn't i didn't cry i didn't i mourned uh the passing of my grandmother uh without crying i i i think i cried for maybe 10 seconds a week after uh-huh. um like 10 and i'm not my mind i cried in like 10 seconds uh, and um so i didn't really know what it was what it meant to be vulnerable and so exploring yourself and like your trauma and all that like it definitely teaches you uh, what it means to be vulnerable with with yourself and with other people uh yeah i mean and it that's you confident it makes you confident because because you've accepted uh the supposedly broken repressed shadowy parts of yourself right like the 7 year old kid who was shut up by his nanny because he spoke too much so he decided never to speak again mm-hmm. uh or or for example like if someone was abused any like any of those things pop up and you decide that okay this is a part of me broken yeah. as it is i accept it and yeah. and also you're not afraid to um share it if if you feel compelled to share it you know a mm-hmm. lot of people are self conscious or or say like oh my god you're so weird you know because right. they themselves have social have placed social barriers on on themselves and and what is cool or what is not cool uh you know what is what is weird or what is not weird to do and i definitely became right. a lot weirder and i think that i was weird already but but i think we're all weird we're all weird fucked up traumatized children and we grow <laughs> up and we put on suits and we stay traumatized children that never talk about them trauma and try to right. present as and especially now with i mean it's just hyper focused by social media and, Absolutely. and all of that like you know we're, no you don't have to play a game like we're all we're all weird and fucked you know right. and that and that's why i think actors and and entertainment people become so appealing to watch is is mm. as uh most of them have had uh, that experience where they have accepted themselves and accepted other people as weird and and Right. and uh, in pain but also able to experience joys and highs and lows and all that they've freed up their expression they've freed up the ability to feel without judgment right yeah. it's it's a sort of thing where you can see some people not uh, purposefully suppressing a certain feeling in public or in a group because of of let's just say the judgment of the group right but by themselves they might be a secret painter 
or they might, you know, dance on themselves, all those, you know, little like uh, stories that you hear about artists growing up in supposedly conservative households where like they would find a little nook and cranny in the house where they would, you know, perform a certain art, right? Uh, that sort of thing. And I've also definitely noticed this with, with, with myself and some of the other friends. As I've grown up, I realized that I've had to leave friends because I was getting progressively weirder and I've only kept the friends who were okay with that sort of shit, right? Like I, I love abusing in Hindi and there's a certain vernacular and slang that goes with it. And the, the people who are bilingual like me, some of them have supposedly, you know, donned very specific um, sort of pandering to the West identities, right? And, and, and so whenever I speak to them in Hindi, they feel like I'm like ripping off their clothes. But really, I'm just saying, like, this is who I am, right? And, and they're like, no, 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 don't say this to me. I want to sugarcoat myself with all these fancy things that I've learned. I'm like, fuck that. This is who I am, you know? I'd rather hang out with my, with my village idiot friends than hang out with you, you fucking two-faced, you know, bitch or whoever the fuck you are, right? Like, I appreciate that because that's one of the things that I really like about your podcast because it comes through. And I think that is going to be, it turn out to be very successful because I feel like we're, each day, I, we are moving away from the polished, uh, you know, Instagram filtered reality because people tend to uh, get tired of things, right? And we are getting more and increasingly tired of that, you know. And and I think I think the whole Donald Trump, not in, not to get into politics, but I think that whole thing has to do with a lot of people feeling, you know, tired of whatever, uh, saying the right thing and stuff like that. But also because right. they're already. Have you heard about Andrew Schultz by any chance, man? No. You should check him out because I think the, the line that we're on right now, this anti-political correctness shit, Andrew yeah. Schultz is like the comedian that's breaking the internet. He has no Netflix specials, no Amazon Prime specials. That really? motherfucker has a special on YouTube, right? What's Look him up. What's his, name? his name is Andrew Schultz. Um, it's, that's Andrew and then S-C-H-U-L-Z. Uh, what this guy is doing is he's the, by far the most politically incorrect motherfucker and he's winning the internet precisely because, again, this is what is happening, right? We're speaking right now. I could give you those 10 sugar-coated questions. What's your favorite pet? What's the worst struggle in an actor's life? Uh, what do you like to do on some... Like, it's, it's just so pathetic and boring, man. Like, it's, it's, it's like, it's not a real conversation. It's like two yeah. people being fake um, giving it to an audience who they still perceive to be in the 1980s. It's not 1980s. This is 2019. People have, do you know the amount of content, amount of content my parents watched? Do you know the amount of content I watch per day? Like it's, people are saturated. What they need is, is a slap in the face and a punch in, in the gut or something that says, look, this is what reality is. I am just literally giving to you exactly what you feel every single day when you're not checking your phone. The truth. Yeah. And, and the truth fucking sells. It, 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 always, it will always sell in the long run. You know what you should also watch, and everybody who's listening to, um, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle yeah. has a few Netflix specials, but the most recent Netflix special, he really uh, hones in on this whole political correctness and all of that. And that's kind of his, been, I think, his thing. I've seen a few of his stuff, and, and it, it has, he, he, he speaks and does comedy in that vein quite often. Mm -hmm. But the most recent one I saw was very on the head. He, he's, he, he, you know, yeah, check it out. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely. I'm sure people people have already heard of Chappelle and they will check him out. Um, I've heard a lot about him. I just never checked him out because uh, I found 
I already found like this sort of, you know, like there's the intellectual dark web on, on YouTube with Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, and like Sam Harris, those guys, right? So there's a dark web of comedians like Bill Burr and, uh, um, yeah, Burr, what is his name? Dude, Bill Burr is fucking awesome. Bill Burr gives no shit. Bill Burr is the guy you would meet in a Boston bar, like in South Boston. And you're like, what, why the fuck am I here? And he's going to like, you know, rant about his wife and then say exactly what's wrong with feminism. Like that's, again, these are people you would meet in real life. The issue is that people don't want to have those conversations. People want to have a very padded cell, like, like a nice, comfortable uh, viewing experience. But uh, often the truth is, uh, you know, a little dirtier than that. And that's the sort of thing that segues us into, into the truth of acting, right? Um, what I've often noticed is, is there's this thing that actors do at least based on the literature that I've read and the actors that I've met, is that they, whenever they have to perform tough scenes, is that they will go to tough experiences in their own life and borrow some of that. And I've never been able to exactly crack it. Is that is that like a universal method or is that something that all actors tend to do? Or yeah, is something that you do? It was definitely that, that method of going back to a personal uh, trauma or, or, or imagining that personal trauma that hasn't happened to you happens to you uh, for the sake of, of a character in a show. I did encounter that at, at BU and I didn't find it helpful. Mm. Uh, I think some people do, but for me, if something is too personal, uh, mm. it, it gets in the way. Gets I in see. The way. I want to get as close <laughs> this character as possible which means i have to get as far away from myself as possible and if i start muddling it together it becomes let's say uh what's a what's a famous uh character um hamlet even though i've never watched a play yeah exactly. let's say i'm playing hamlet if i right. start thinking that what if my dad died how would i feel you know huh. and i and i put the image of my dad and then go and then enter the body of Hamlet. It, it's just too many, it, too many things to think about that'll that'll mm. pull me into my brain and out of my body and out of my. Right. And so it's, I think, and Shakespeare is a great example. Shakespeare is so great with words that everything is in the words. There is no subtext. You know, there's right. no subtext in Shakespeare. So. I have been giving it, I've been given everything from the playwright already. So all I have to do is mm -hmm. say the words and I will know exactly what he feels. And I don't right. have to try to copy and paste and make a collage between Conrad's life and, and this imaginary <laughs> Hamlet's life. Um, but some yeah. people, you know, some people find that helpful. And, and the other question that I have is, is perhaps this one, because the only time that I've been able to successfully separate from myself is when I did that 10 day silent meditation, the only, cause then I, my, my persona just shattered and I would just couldn't even understand the, by the way, what's up? No more about that experience, by the way, but keep going. Yeah. So, so it's, I'll tell you in short. So basically what it is, is it's called Vipassana. It's a 10 day meditation experience, right? Um, it's a meditation technique rediscovered by Buddha when uh, 25 centuries ago in India, it was lost to the world apparently. Uh, there's no religious uh, ceremony. There's no rite or passage. It's simply uh, what most modern pop psychology meditation apps borrow from. Like it's, it's the original meditation, if you will, right? And it basically involves uh, just observing your respiration. You can't speak. You can't have sex. 
you can't eat meat, you can't steal. Uh, there's a bunch of rules you have to follow, right? So you meditate for 10 hours per day and you have breaks in the middle and you eat twice a day. Um, and there's others like you, you can't speak to them, of course. And in 10 days, you experience sensations in your body that you've never experienced. And a lot of that is uh, trauma. A lot of that is, is deeply held psychological complexes and, and they all come out. And you know, you're supposed to be equal, uh, what is the right word? Equanimous through all of them, like stable. So if you're having a good sensation, you're like, okay, good. Having a bad sensation, okay, good. You just stay equanimous, right? Um, that's basically what it is. But 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 the idea of of being away from myself is something I only experienced during those ten days. And now that I'm back out and I'm having experienced that, I have inklings of what I was back then. But there is a very much a very firm persona of who I am and what I do right now. Now, as an actor, right, you constantly have to shed that skin of who you are, your past experiences, your life as a Swedish man, an American man, a man from BU, blah, all all the personas you've created, right? And be this one person. How the fuck do you achieve that, man? Because that's so hard. You, uh, one tool that Paula Langton gave me at BU, who's a voice mm -hmm. and speech professor there, she said, you have, already have, multiple personalities. And this might sound scary, but you have multiple personalities within you. Right. There are multiple people inside you already. And you just have to listen to them. And if there's one that needs to come out, because most of the time, like you were saying, you did this silent meditation. I would imagine you were listening to yourself a lot because you weren't speaking and you weren't distracted by the outside world or, or, or trying to do something here or trying to um, empathize with anybody else or trying to like communicate something or, or trying to make sure that you look good and that you like and people like you because a lot of the time I think how, how can I make people like me you know or, right or perception I, management is the thing we often do as human beings yeah exactly that's a perfect word for it you're very good at, at coming up with words like that uh, so that's what makes your podcast so great yeah, I appreciate it, man. But, but go on. What did Paula Langton say? Because this is brilliant. No, that's what she said. There are multiple personalities within you, and you just have to listen to them. And that's... Because I have a friend, and, you know, he talks about that same thing. And I'm, you said, don't be scared, but I am a bit scared. Because he says, you know, he really says this to me with, with, straight, with a straight face. He's like, I am in such a flow that if I kill someone, I will feel nothing. And I'm like... Okay, that's... I, I, <laughs> exactly. See, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you have the possibility if you listen to yourself. There's so much going on, and 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 we 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 tend to just shut off because we have to do this, and we have to do this, and we have to do this, and and that's how you know why people have road rage or like why people are angry because they don't deal with traumas when they happen to them. We don't have time. You know, right. we have this cognitive brain that kind of overrides when um, some, somebody is angry or at us or, or something else. And it just like goes down in you and it reforms and it stays there and, and it will come out. It will come out at some point in some way at someone or something, you know, and, and it's really hard. It's conditioned within us. Um, and so, so you just have to listen to that. So, you know, if you, you went, he, like your friend says, if you went and killed somebody and didn't feel anything, you know, there's probably because he hasn't been listening. To all the things that are going on, because you know, you if you if you if you are listening and you you're trying to become as clear as possible, then you know 
you, you will pick up on things. And that's what these self-help books, you know, try to do. The Power of Now, which is like one of the most famous books. Forget, uh, blanking on the name of the writer. Yeah, exactly. You know, what, what he says in that book is, you know, your mind is constantly, constantly going, you know, and, and what I'm trying to teach you here is to turn it off. And you right. can think of nothing and you can just be present and you will see the world in a much more beautiful way. Right. Yeah. You know, and that, and that, 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 that comes from, you know, the acting training too, because there's so much going on and it's so easy to go into your head, you know, as an actor too, like, Oh, what is this? You're trying to figure out too. And that's part of the acting process is to write down. What are my actions? What am I trying to do? Why am I here? You know, all these things. What am I trying to get from this person? What do I need? But then once you've done some of that work, it places you into the context the given imaginary circumstances, as we call them. Mm -hmm. And then you then your job is to let it go and just be in the given imaginary circumstances and things will happen to you and you will react. Whatever way. That's crazy. I've never heard someone explain it so well. Like it just makes so much sense again, intellectually, because I haven't experienced it. But let's just say, you know, you're a fan. I mean, I'm sure you have a bunch of favorite actors like everyone else does, right? Uh, how much of that applies there? Like how much of emulation based on seeing this sort of actor? Uh, like how much emulation and how much me, Conrad, the actor, like what's, what's the tie up in, in those things? Can you rephrase the question so I can get a better understanding? So like what I'm basically saying is, let's just say I'm a big fan of Al Pacino, right? Um, I'm using only Italian names because I've just watched the Irishman's trailer <laughs> again and again. Uh, but my favorite actors. Yeah, yeah. Al Pacino is a great man. Uh, I love The Godfather. Um, and and uh, this obscure movie, The Dark of the Afternoon, I'm sure you watched it. I've seen it. One of my favorites. Yes. So so let's just say you're a fan of Al Pacino, right? And and you really like the way he talks, the way he speaks. Obviously, he's he's a product of the actors before him and his own upbringing. Um, and then you're supposed to, you know, enter a scene in a college play or like a movie or something. So how much of Conrad and his multiple personalities go in and that sort of emulative mindset goes in where, you, where you're trying to emulate the grades before you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, that's a good question. Uh, the more I watch other actors, the more I notice that they, most of them are, stay themselves the whole time. Huh. Um, even Al Pacino. He, there, there are certain traits that characterize Al Pacino. Like, mm. what are you doing? Like, he <laughs> can't do it. But he screams yeah. a lot, and like he's he's very explosive, and 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 there are just like any actor, there are there are just qualities that are you, and you you can't you can never change that. Mm -hmm. Learn to embrace it, you know. However, um, what these actors are good at is just being in the circumstances. So going back to what I said before, just living truthfully in the circumstances. And, and and that's what you can do. So uh, another thing that you can add on top of that is a physical choice, like a physicality. For example, like right. incentive of a woman, if we're on Al Pacino, incentive of a woman, Al Pacino is blind. So 
he uh, he goes, okay, this character is blind, and that informs the quality of his movement. You know, it might be slower, or when something happens, he knows, you know, oh, it might be quicker because he, can't, he one of his senses are gone, so he's going to react differently. Mm-hmm. Those are things you can do to like go into this different character, but you always know the I at least for me, I always know that I, Conrad is always going to be there. So fucking embrace what I already have. Yeah. Uh, instead of trying to shed as much as myself as possible, because it, right. in the end, that's that'll take too much energy. Even if I'm able to do it, I'm just right. There's too much energy and too much focus on trying to shed it. Use what you have and use it well, and yeah, focus on the, right. on, on the person. I mean, it, it's like that sort of thing where if a character is not effortless and if they're spending too much energy just being themselves, it's like, do you really trust them? It's like mm-hmm. there, there, there has to be a conviction in, I guess, holding this glass up. I took one acting class once in, in an auditorium somewhere, and they're like, uh, imagine there's a, there's an imaginary glass in, in your hand and pass it to the other person. I was like, fuck this shit. I just like, you know, didn't pay attention. I just just gave it to the next person. And, and the coach immediately came over to me and, and you know, sort of gave me a mouthful and said that, well, what the fuck are you doing? This is, I mean, you really have to imagine that this is there. And, he, and I was like, uh, whatever, you know, just, so, so I guess that, because I am like that, I, I will really only pay attention to the things that I care about. And, and that was me in that moment. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is now that this, this podcast will go online, right? The fact that we're, again, describing this wonderful art of acting and theatrics to the world using this medium. How much of, of you is sort of invested in the idea of, okay, I need to work on my craft. And then the other part of you is, okay, I need to market myself and meet producers and agents and all of that. Get, But then there's another part of you where, Again, the competition, the the invisible millions who are up there posting stuff and you know being active, like what do you like? What's your take on social media as an actor, or an aspiring actor, or musician, creative, all of those things? How how do you? What is your uh, relationship with it? Do you plan to you to use your use it to market yourself? Like how do you deal with that? Because again, the role of an actor it's a very self-aware sort of inward thing, the way that I see it, right? You really have to know yourself. And if you're constantly using your time to market yourself and then spread out content like I am, right? Um, I have a fair hunch it might deter from the art. Like, I don't know. What is your take on that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, I think nobody will ever, I, I, I have not been able to solve that question. Like there's always just two things. There is you and what you create and and there is capitalism and trying to market yourself because I am the product, right? I met with these mm-hmm. managers. How are you going to sell yourself? How are you different? Because the Did fact they that ask you that question? Yeah. And they said, they said, we're having a hard time selling you. I, I was a product. I mean, I've been... A, in entertainment, you you're selling things all the time that you create. You right. are the and you're selling like, Kim Kardashian's butt and Kanye West's music. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was like, the fact that you're Swedish just isn't enough. You more okay. You dance like all these qualities, and we do it. I feel like yeah. other people do it all the time too. And in in job interviews, like, what am I? You know, we mm-hmm. try to define ourselves 
by the things that we have or the 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 you know the the car that I have or you know it right. becomes it's hard not to become um, spiritual or psychological about it. But how do I separate? Yeah, man, it's, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I spend so much time trying to just make money or you know market myself and i'm like what am i doing you know because life passes you by yeah and, uh, i don't know you just yeah, that's a i guess there is no really right answer because i am like i literally ask this question to myself every single day like what the fuck am i doing right and yeah. one part of me thinks okay this might be imposter syndrome that maybe i am on this momentum and i don't know it yet the other part of me thinks of this in a more strategic manner. Think about it like this. Our ancestors never had this with them, right? Uh, I guess they inherited a pretty simple pastoral life or a medieval fighting feudal life or some kind of another, like, you know, uh, I don't know, tribal life, you know, one of those things, right? They they never had 24 hours in the day in which they could easily use their phone for four hours a day, right? And then that's the thing you can do, right? I mean, we're not genetically trained to deal with this. <laughs> that that a routine has to do with dealing with devices and screens and then broadcasting communication and then broadcasting media and films like we're, we're not made for all of this so we're all figuring it out as it happens what i've personally found is the best way to do it <clears throat> is because again i have had sickening social media addiction and the best hack like legitimate hack the one that actually works that i found is Mute everyone else. Mute every single one. If you can unfriend people, great. Because what really stands is it does not matter if you have 1,000 you know, people you follow. Sure, you can have a lot of followers because, um, you again, you are a product online or you make a separate personal profile. Like one of those things work, right? Because uh, if you're trying to go on one of these social networks and consume, you're fucked. You're absolutely fucked because you have no control over what you're consuming. So you have to literally sit down spend a whole day in carefully siphoning off every single thing that you don't like that you see on your screen and just use it as a medium of creation. That's the best hack that I found. And honestly, it's it's working 80% of the time. So I'm pretty proud of it. And, and I guess that's the only thing that makes sense, right? Because if you're consuming nonstop, immediately what's happening, like think about it from the perspective of our ancestors again. If you're a caveman and all of a sudden, you're getting like the broadcast of another caveman like 3,000 miles away who's like, you know, having sex with his wife and he has like a bigger piece of meat than you have and you're like lonely and alone sitting in an iced cave. Like, you're not going to feel happy about yourself, are you? No. <laughs> I still think we have the same genes, man. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally the same. There are just less and less barriers to entry these days. Anybody can make a movie, you know. It's shot on iPhone is the... Freaking commercial for iPhone because anybody yes. to take pictures on their phone. You know anybody can create a movie, and all these people are that like, oh, if I was you, I'd be shooting movies right now on my phone. And you know all these people recording music and putting out music. Everything that I do on I I record and put out music, and so all of the ads that I get on my on my Instagram are other people right. doing music because I click right. on. Them. And in the Instagram algorithm has has realized, oh wow, the people who you know spend money to uh, put an ad on Instagram that have like a thousand followers or something and want to build it, I click on those, so I get all of them, which in turn is just overwhelming for somebody who's also doing it because there's like wow, every day there's like a new right. 
three new people that are doing the exact same thing pathetically, may I add, the exact same thing I am. And it's such a deterrent. But what I've tried to, what I've understood is I can't fit. I, I Okay, I spent, I'll, I'll frame it like this. Mm -hmm. I spent four years with a group of like 25 to 30 people getting to know them extremely intimately in my in acting school extremely intimate I, I watched them go through traumas i watched them grow i watched them explore themselves i watched them cry i watched them you know break down uh i watched them talk about their their alcohol addictions their drug addictions just intimately intimately more than i could ever believe that i would get to know somebody and yet i only saw a fraction of them because I will never be able to see the fullness of any human being ever. Yeah. So to try to put yourself on a phone or market yourself through devices is just impossible. You can never understand anybody fully ever. Mm -hmm. So like trying to cram it in like this is just so frustrating and will make you go insane. So I, I try to remind myself of that as much as possible. That it doesn't, I, yeah. I just can't, it's impossible. It's, it's 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 go into a circle i can't do it it's it's such a great strategy that's that's the thing that i also make a separation within my own head is like you know the what i create is not who i am it's just it's just a small part of who i am the part of who of me that i've considered valuable enough to express to other people that's so that other people can benefit from it or laugh or get informed or be prepared to do something but again me Again, is is so it's it's like that the tip of the iceberg. That's the analogy that that often goes with it. It's 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 the minute particle on the tip. That's who I can really market, right? And and people's marketable personas may not actually be who they really are, right? And we've seen those examples of 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 TV anchors turn, you know, put you know taking their wigs off and like they're Paul, like they 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 go back home and they sit and watch TV and like eat popcorn and in the morning they tuck in their stomachs and with their belts on and they're like, oh, you know, morning news. Uh, and they get a million uh, followers. That that that's definitely the case, man. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's a great strategy also to to not get so caught up in this whole movement of consistently trying to be someone um, on here so that people can like you. Because then I think that can also infect uh, the you that is private to you. Because one of the things I'm really proud about myself is that I keep a lot of myself to, private to myself. Like the, the person that I put out is primarily the person who I've trained to be in front of the camera. It is not the person who I actually am. It is a person I've trained to communicate. And and I, you know, I think I think that's that's like a huge thing. There you go. That's one of the personalities inside you. <laughs> wow, you really made me speechless speechless on that one. I I I guess that's true. That really is true. We're we are millions of people. We're millions of people. Man, uh it's been fantastic. I did want to cover a lot of things, but I think like an hour is substantial. I really love the way we just flow through things. Yeah. Um, is there is there anything else that you'd like to ask me or things that you want to talk about? Because I have run the mill of questions and I now I just like to like hear from you, if at all. Um, no, I want to I get want to give you a shout out, first of all. Uh, you know, uh, it's I, I, I admire your uh, your your drive and your your lightness uh and your honesty and the 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 creativity all of that 
words are so difficult because there's so much meaning in every single word. Absolutely. That's just, I mean, I, Thank I, you, man. I, really, I really look up to Thank you. you so I wish we uh, had more time to get to know each other when we were at Boston, but I'm thankful that, you know, I do have, going back to social media, I do, and <laughs> I'm plugged in and, and I get to, you know, share and, 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 and take part of everything that you do. And that makes me very excited. That's like half of what I live for is, is watching other people do all the fucking amazing things that they do. Hey, hey, and likewise, man, I will tell you this one thing, though. I, I can never forget this instance where I told you my crazy mushroom story in South India and you actually went to your acting class and you said that out loud. Like that, that was like my moment. It's like, oh, shit. If an actor can say this, because again, I did not know what the fuck actor, actors do. I thought of them as like mythical creatures who's, who somehow either convinced their parents to let them, you know, go to acting school or like there's some sort of born kid. Like when you did that, I was like, fuck yeah, this guy, I'm, I'm definitely going to see this guy again. Um, and uh, thank you so much, man. Like I, I say the same for you. I say the same for you. Like Azu told me stories, like you made a fucking uh, fortune before you came to school, apparently from what he told me, like you made a, a lot of money to, to put yourself to school. I didn't know that shit. I didn't make that much money. I also lost a lot of it, but, um, but, but no, but in all honesty though, man, like, um, there's just something about what you do as a person. And again, your, your humor and your warmth is, is something that I haven't, um, come across often. Not that I know a lot of actors, but it's just that, uh, the recurring thing that I heard about you from not only other, but other people in the CFA I came to know was like, he's a very warm guy, very open guy. So I think that's going to be, you know, I hope like it, it doesn't get to your head. I'm pretty sure it won't. Um, and I, I definitely will see you in LA if, if not this year, definitely next year in January, February, because again, you know, with this whole content thing, I am trying to create a lifestyle somehow. I don't want to sell any fake shit. I don't want to sell any program, right? I just want to do this, what we're doing right now and hope that somehow it clicks with people and, and something pops up so that I'm able to make some money so I can, you know, be around other creatives in LA and stuff. Cause I've been working on my own for so long that I, I also would love an environment where I can be immersed in, in that sort of thing. Um, but in all honesty, man, thank you so much. What is your Instagram so that people can follow the fuck out of you uh, if they get to so far in the podcast? Yeah, so far, yeah. Uh, um, my, my Instagram is only underscore Caso. C-A-S-O. Okay. Only underscore Caso. I'm gonna put that up in the description. Awesome, brother. It has been a fucking pleasure. Honestly, I am like the the nerves in my head are just stimulated. I just have a notepad in front of me. I'm going to write a bunch of things. Uh, you gave me a bunch of ideas, man. Cheers. Fucking hey, awesome. Thank you. It was a pleasure and a privilege to be on this podcast. Fuck yeah, man. All right, man. Hopefully see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.